This is episode number 14 with Nathaniel Brown. Hey, what is happening? Welcome to the Build It Better podcast. My name is Chuck Belden. I'm a real estate broker in North Carolina and a personal development junkie. I'm a dad, husband, athlete, relationship builder, and entrepreneur. I started this podcast during a rough patch in my life. For a guy addicted to growth and progress, I was in a funk. So I started interviewing people that inspired me and this podcast was born. And from those interviews, I've received some of the best coaching, mentoring, and true authentic connections I never expected but always wanted. It's helped me build a better business, better relationships, and a better life. And by listening in, my goal is that you also get to build it better. I'm really excited to bring you this episode, and and I probably say that all the time, but like really excited. I've known today's guest for a number of years, and even though neither of us were doing what we are doing now, and neither of us were speaking out on personal development and personal growth like we are now, there was just something about every one of our encounters. I looked forward to bumping into him and having deep conversations like the one we had here today. I looked I looked forward to it all the time. It was always unlike anything else I had been part of or unlike any other of my friendships. Nathaniel always seemed to be working on himself, and I think that's what draws me to him. Nathaniel Brown is the founder of This Functional Life and Wellness. It's a personal development brand geared towards teaching and leading others into a new perspective. He practices what he calls perspective coaching, which is basically paying real close attention to what you're saying and then showing you how to see things differently, which is what so many of us need, in my opinion, a shift in our own perspective, um, a way to look at things differently, a paradigm shift, if you will. And doesn't that help us all if each of us can see things from another perspective? And he practices what he preaches too. After many years of dealing with anger, mistrust, hurt, betrayal, insecurity, and misidentity, he's taken his own advice and dug deep into his childhood traumas. He discovered that most of his interpersonal and relational issues stemmed from his unaddressed pain of an inappropriate sexual encounter at eight years old. Nathaniel then started doing the deep work, the work of shifting his perspective, the work of being truthful about his pain, the work of reintegrating the child into the man. Nathaniel's mission is to lead as many people as he can out of the dark cloud of their old story and live into their new truth. He believes that the most important thing you can do for your future is to take a step now. Change your perspective, change your story, change your life. And I'm excited. Let's change some lives. All right, I am super excited to have my uh, my good friend here, Mr. Nathaniel Brown, on the podcast. Welcome to Build It Better, man. Absolutely, man. Thanks for having me, Chuck. Really appreciate it. I'm excited you're here, and I uh, wish we were together. But at least we can do it uh, here through the uh, through the 
through the internet as long as it holds up. We've been having a little difficulty, yeah. so hopefully everything holds it together for us and get a little conversation in. So how are you? What, what's happening these days? How are you holding up through this whole Rona? Man, Corona, COVID-19, however you want to put it, it's been interesting, honestly. Um, uh, it's, it's funny how things kind of happen and they kind of force you, I want to say, yeah, kind of force you into uh, uh, sort of a forced pivot. Um, so I was, of course, working in the personal training industry. Uh, I decided I wanted to get into personal training about a year and a half, two years ago. So I said, well, let me, let me get involved. Started working at one of the local gyms and uh, started getting some clientele. And of course, it was slow and, you know, trying to get people to want to purchase personal training packages, stuff like that. So financially, it was a little bit of a, a, little bit of a, a hiccup uh, as far as what I was thinking that I was getting into, but I learned a lot. I actually overcame some, some uh, very negative programming I had around sales and things of that nature. And then of course, over the past 10 months, I hired a coach and he has been really influential. Um, uh, and I don't mind giving his name out. His name is Marcus Ogden. He is a former NFL football player. Uh, he played six seasons in the league. And uh, he is of the Ogden brother uh, and family that whole his brother is a Hall of Famer. Um, his dad was in Wall Street and everything like that. His story is amazing. And I started like really getting cycles down. Like I had like I knew what I wanted to do, but I wasn't able to attack it in a, in a, in a, in a, with a tactical plan. So over the course of the last year, um, it's been very influential in getting me to when COVID hit, I knew exactly how to pivot because I had done the work in understanding how to attack things from a, from a tactical standpoint, being able to look at things from the broad spectrum and the kind of proximity, close proximity spectrum, and being able to see, okay, what do I have to offer fills and that serves someone else and that, that fills that need? And with my, you know, of course, personal training, I'm like, okay, yeah, I can fill the need, but if no one's coming to the gym, I'm making money. You know, if I'm not training someone, I'm not getting paid for that time. So when, when the situation kind of hit and it started kind of creeping into the U.S. When, uh, from, from uh, Europe, Europe and Italy and all these other places, especially China, um, first thing I was thinking, like, okay, if I, you know, I made my wife a promise. I said, babe, give me to the end of March. I'll have my schedule fully booked. So the, the week before we had to shut down, I had already booked out the prior week. I mean, I was stacked. There was no room left in my schedule. I was like, yes, I'll really be able to see what my income can be like at, the, at, at a personal trainer, being able to sell packages and have people, you know, on my schedule that I'm constantly training. And the more people I train, the more money I make, the more money comes in the house, the happier my wife is. So uh, yep. I was like, well, this 19 thing is looking pretty serious, right? Yeah. So of course, when the concern really hit and I started really doing my research and noticing that, uh, and most of my clients are older, elderly people. Uh, my oldest client is 85, 86 years old. And she would come see me three times a week. And she was like, you know, I'm not too concerned. He said, but Nathaniel, it's, it's about, she said, you know, you know, you would, she was talking to myself. She said, Nathaniel, you would be well okay in this COVID-19 situation. But as far as I'm concerned, um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I didn't know that I would make it. And you know, she, that, 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 that heart string was pulled there. Um, mm -hmm. You know what? Have to really consider, and I've always considered this, but I have to really consider that people really want to be well from health and wellness wise, all the way to how their families feel about things. 
So um, having those conversations, I've started looking at, you know, some of my older clients started to drop off. It's like, you know, my family's concerned about me being in a public space and, you know, with the COVID-19 situation. So I said, you know what, I respect that totally. And then it came time for everything to shut down. I mean, everything came to a halt. Here I was looking forward to next week yeah. and I'm fully booked and it's like, nope, yeah. no thank you. So <laughs> change of plans. How do I pick? What do I have? Absolutely. Immediate change of plans. But, you know, when, when you have a good central point, when, you, when you're stable in, inside yourself and you know exactly what you have to offer, you know, it's, it's the picture of orbit, right? When we look at the world system model, it's usually shown to us in a very one-dimensional flat surface. So you put the sun in the middle of a page and you draw eight or nine planets, however you want to, you know, uh, whatever doctrine you want to absorb from in that, that regard. You, you draw them on this flat surface and you have, you know, you know, Mercury, Mars, Venus, Earth, all this stuff. And you have all this stuff, you know, on a flat surface. But if you actually look at the solar system from multidimensional, from a multidimensional perspective, and this is where I go into what I like to call perspective coaching, you actually turn it on every side and you notice the planets aren't actually lined with one another. You might have Mars here and Uranus way down here, but they have at least 300,000 miles between them. And when you look at the, the solar system, as beautiful as it is, from a multi-dimensional aspect, you realize how chaotic orbit is. But the pivot is still the centrifuge of everything. Everything pivots around the sun. It's still in its orbit. Orbit is not supposed to look pretty. It's not supposed to be, oh, this is it. This is a plaque. You know, the solar system is a plaque to us because of the model we were taught it in. But when you start turning things in different aspects, like, wait a minute, Pluto is way down here, but it's way up here. It doesn't even look like a solar system. Constellations don't even look like constellations when you see them from opposite perspectives. If you take the flat surface out. So what I had to do was change my perspective and see into Nathaniel. What does Nathaniel has to offer that could be of service to someone else? You think you've and always been able to do that? I know my that? knowledge of computers. I think I have. And it's, yeah. it's been from a child. Honestly, because of some of the things that I've had to go through on my own, I literally had to internalize how I engage with the world from a very young age, um, at the age of eight years old, when the most traumatic uh, experience happened to me and, and sexual trauma, it was at that moment where I internalized. And as far as I had a conversation with my mother, she said, you know, it's funny, she said, when you turn about eight to nine years old, it's when everything shifted. Uh, you know, I noticed the shift in you. It's almost like, it's almost like you, you, you were, you weren't pain. And I was like, that makes sense because I internalized. I went in and I started figuring everything out on my own. It was like, it wasn't that I was against the world, but I knew that I had to be responsible for Nathaniel. Otherwise, I would lose myself. It was like that self-preservation kept me in that, that way. And that's how I kind of approached the COVID-19, no longer with that mindset of the, of the, of the traumatic child, more of, okay, so what do I have to offer now? Because I have something to offer. And I just relied on my skill sets, things that I built over time. My computer skills, I'm pretty, I'm really good with computers. I can figure out any computer issue, no matter what system. I don't care if you're talking about, you know, Asus, Macs, whatever, Windows, what, it doesn't matter. I can figure it out. And I use that. And that's been the springboard for more financial gain in the household. So COVID-19 has, of course, affected the personal training industry big time. And, but it hasn't affected me uh, totally because it gave me time 
to reset, gave me time to really solidify my belief systems. It gave me time to come up with more uh, step solutions for people who may be stuck, who can't pivot as well. Okay, uh, you know, let me ask you, you something about that. Either you pivot or you should. Yeah, sorry, I don't mean to cut you off, but no, no, you know, because it sounds like you've been able to to be self-aware and introspective for a, a number of years, and I think I think many people struggle with it. I struggled with it for a long, long time, and so I think that probably if we were to pull the world right now and be like, okay, world uh, has you know you know what's the silver lining in the pandemic that's happening right now most people would be like silver lining you're nuts this is awful or i can't find anything good with this and i think there are then there's a, a group of people that that can and um can pivot like you said and so if if you just had the ability to do it how would you maybe encourage somebody or or help somebody that maybe isn't seeing the the light at the end of the tunnel or the silver lining right now but you know how, how can we help other people pivot like is there a way to help other people pivot there is a way to help other people pivot and it's about helping them understand and identify the constants. The, per, the, the point of a pivot, the, the only way to understand how pivots work is that there has to be a constant before there's a variable, right? So when you look at basketball, it's a sport, um, the pivot is the, is the movement. It's a legal movement within the sport that's useful for changing your perspective. That's all it really is. It's, and it helps you to identify where the goal is all times. So if you can find out that one thing, and it, and it doesn't need to be a lot of things, if you can find that one thing that makes you stable, it's, it's, you, know, it's, a, it's a, you know, a whistle is blown if you move that, move that state, that stable, right? Yeah. You, you get a flag on a play or whatever you want to call it, all right? So as long as you can keep that one foot in its place, and you can move in a circle and change perspective and see somebody you can pass things off to. So that's delegation, right? Or look at the goal and see that you can reach it. There we go. Now we got a score point. Like, so you've got all of these success points if you can identify with constant. For some, it's, it's, it's their, 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 their ideas, their, their, their ability to come up with things on the fly. For others, it could be sustainable farming. You've been wanting to do it for so long, and it's the thing that's kind of kept you stable, that pivot around that. For, for myself, it's, it's service to others. So what I did was I distilled all of the things that I love to do that I'm passionate about down to its essence, down to something that I can palatize and I can, I can taste. And if you can take all the things that you love, all the things you're passionate about and break them down into one word, that's your staple, that's your pivot point. Service to others is my thing. So whether I'm helping out on the farm or I'm personal training or I'm, uh, I'm doing some IT work, if I, if I bring it all the way down to its, its most distilled property, I am serving others. And then I pivot around the thing that I can actually identify with that one word. That's what I would tell people. Find that thing you love the most, distill it down into its essence so you extract all of its goodness, the pulp and the juices from it, and then be able to say, this is the thing. And then you make that the point where you actually drive the stake in the ground there. And then you start orbiting around that. All right. That, th th this is why I wanted to have you on here because I love having these conversations with you. Like <laughs> since the day I met you, like it just be like, Hey, how's it going? You're like, well, let me tell you. And then we'd get into something like this. And I, and I love that kind of stuff. Um, I, I was thinking about when you were talking about how you were able to like, to, to focus on the, you know, to, to distill it all down and say, my essence, so to speak, is 
service to others and not get so wrapped up in the identity of being a personal trainer, right? right. And I think that a right. lot of people might get wrapped up in whatever their, their job or their career is and, and mistakenly think that's who they are, right? right. I think I've probably right. been there. And so, right. so instead of being like, I'm a personal trainer, I can no longer train people, right. who am I now? It, right. It's like, I'm not a personal trainer, I'm a, I'm a person that focuses on service to other people. I can pivot that into anything. Absolutely, absolutely. And you can do that, man. You can orbit forever. This is what makes the universe so beautiful because it's, it's built on principles of orbiting. It's like the most, like the subatomic matter that, that composes, that's the composition of everything. It starts with an orbit. Something is orbiting around a nucleus somewhere. There's a pivot point. The entire universe operates on pivots. You can't get away from the principle. So you actually take a universal principle, you bring the human element into it. And that's why I like to call us the human brand. We bring that human being into it so that you actually create verbiage. That's the verb of humanity is that you being, not that you are doing. And you take, I am yeah. doing, I am, I'm a personal trainer out of, the, out of the equation and I am an IT guy or I am this. No, I am a human being. That right there is the essence. Then you go into how do I serve? Mm. And that is where the orbits start. So you come with that principle of orbit and you bring that into everything. And then you find out the world is much bigger than you thought it was when you break outside of that box. I think that's huge, man. And I think that, I mean, right now, um, we probably have a number of people listening that are, are in a rough spot, right? Or in a position that maybe they've lost their job or a loved one has lost their job and, and their identity was wrapped up in that and um, yeah. their value and their worth and, and, and so many other things that we put on our, our career and probably finding themselves in a spot or maybe that hasn't happened yet, but their, but their minds being open to so many other things right now, like, you know, being at home and understanding what, what, what that could look like moving forward with your family or for your job. Like Absolutely. our minds are just shifting right now. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. And, I, yeah. and I think that that's such a great message for people really to pick up on in this spot. And, yeah. and I hope that that just helps some people maybe shed some light on something and, and be able to become a little bit more self-aware. And, and I want to go back to, for a minute, if, if we can, and yeah, go ahead. Yeah. you almost, you like, you kind of, you said something pretty heavy, but then grazed over it and went pretty fast mm -hmm. by it. And I was just wondering if that was intentional or not, but like you were talking about how when you were eight years old, you started to be able to, to, yeah. to be able to go within and to, and to realize these sorts of things where I was until I was like 40 years old and you said it was, yeah. it revolved around some, some trauma. Um, yeah. I don't want to go anywhere. You don't want to go, but like, no, 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 let's go. what, what was, what happened or what was that like? Or, or how so, did you be able to do that at eight years old? So when I was eight years old, I was, I want to put this very gently, but I do have respect for my family, but this, things like this need to be brought to the light for the purpose of healing. And um, I, I, I have not shared any, any name, the only person that really knows the intricacies are the people that are the closest to me, uh, but I have not shared any names about this, but I had a certain family member that introduced me to uh, a very appropriate sexual um, experience. Um, where it was it was one night at their home and I was introduced to intercourse at eight years old. And the thing that, that was the most traumatizing about it 
was the unlocking of emotional capacities that I knew what to do with. There was somewhat of a, an attachment that happened that was almost immediate because it was a new experience. It happened on, 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 on multiple nights. So the first night, and I don't mind sharing this because I hope that I want this to heal someone. The first night, it was like, oh my gosh, what the freak just happened? Like, what was that? The second night, my body at eight years old responded to the stimulus. At eight years old, no eight-year-old should be responding to sexual stimuli. It shouldn't happen. But because of premature unlocking of emotional content and the, these neurological pathways that weren't necessarily mature yet, I was responding in a way as like, wait a minute, what is happening to me? And why am I responding like this? And not until later in my, you know, early in my adult year that I realized, oh my gosh, this is, this is why I've been experiencing things for so long. And it, it actually affected my relationship with my family. It affected my relationship with people. It made me very angry because I attached to someone who rejected me. So I experienced that rejected rejection very early. So it was at that point, I couldn't tell anybody. It was, it was, there was nobody to tell. Nobody would believe me. So the only one that was left to deal with the story was myself. So I internalized everything. This feeling of not feeling enough, this feeling of not, not being capable. Um, I would listen to my friends tease me about the fact I had not uh, uh, engaged in any sexual activity through high school, thinking to myself, you guys don't know what I've been through. You know, you guys don't know the, the things that I've dealt with in the night terrors at night. Like it sent me into terrors at night for, and I literally got over night terrors probably about three or four years ago, three years ago, max. Uh, so we're talking 30 years of being traumatized at night, not even being able to sleep well. And I would, you know, it, it, it really bothered me because I'm thinking like, surely someone needs my pain. But the only person that was left to deal with the pain was Nathaniel. So like this ability to really go within, be lost there and, and, and be found there. It, it was like a, a training ground, if you was. It was weird, but it was a training ground for where I've come to at this, at this particular juncture. Because now I can look back and think, wow, wow, that was very traumatic. And that was very like, you know, heartbreaking. What it's built to me now is this capacity to want to serve in a, de in a deeper space, at a deeper level, to want to lead in a deeper level, to want to lead more authentic. It, it, it pushed me uh, towards uh, what I'd like to call a level of enlightenment, a level of uh, an illumination uh, about who I am and why I am and why I'm here. What's my purpose here now? Uh, like, how do I actually serve people with this particular story? And what, and is it going to be okay that I share it? And I, and I had to give myself permission. I literally had to give myself permission to say, wait a minute, this is my experience. This is my story. I can help someone. I would just embrace it. And I think my coach was telling me, he's like, dude, you got to embrace this story. You got to integrate this story. And not until last year. Um, and, and like, I didn't know how deep pain went until last year, um, summer of 2019. I was sitting in my armchair, uh, sitting in my recliner in my massive bedroom. I was listening to a meditation. It was a guided meditation. And I knew I was supposed to engage in it because the minute the woman started talking, I would feel this like warmth 
in my, like right over my heart space. Oh my gosh. It was like that feeling I got when I knew I was hearing from like, like, oh my gosh, this is, this is a divine encounter. And so I, um, I, I, I decided to participate in it. I, I sat there and as soon as I closed my eyes, tears started rolling down my face. I, I began to weep. And when I closed my eyes, I began walking down the stairwell back, like it's almost like I was walking into the past almost. But I walked down this winding stairwell. And again, here we talk about those orbital patterns, right? Orbiting in a spiral pattern down to wherever this door at the end of the staircase. And I walk through the door and I am standing in front of my house back in the early 1990s. And while I'm standing in front of my house, <laughs> I'm looking at the house. I'm like, man, it looks just like it did back in the day, you know? Uh, I walk in the house. There's no one in the house. I walk back towards my room. Looks just like it did when I was a kid. I walk back to my room and sitting on an em- in an empty room on the box spring. It wasn't even a room. It wasn't even a match there. I was just, it was just sitting on the box spring. Sitting on the box spring is myself at eight years old. And I'm looking at this child and he is sitting there with his hands in his lap all alone and his head down. And he is just like despondent, t- feeling totally abandoned. Like he's in an abandoned space left there to just figure it out on his own. And uh, I was, I was, I, I went next to the child and, uh, and it was, it's me. I'm saying the child, but it's me. Uh, I, you know, I sat next to him. I grabbed him by the hand and I told him, I said, you know, I said, you know, Nathaniel, I, I love you, man. I really do. I really love you. I, and he, he was very untrusting of anyone, even myself, even my, my adult self. He did not trust himself as an adult at eight years old. Like just this, this interaction is real, man. I, I go into the space and, and I'm like, I'm, I'm talking to him. And I literally got to a space where he gained, where I gained his trust. And when I gained the trust of that child is when he was able to grab my hand. And I grabbed him by the hand. I said, let's go outside for a second. You know, we walked outside. He was able to look at the sunshine. It was still shining, you know, sun's still out. We walked into the street. And the minute we got into the street, I turned around, look at the house, and I told him wave goodbye because he wasn't coming back here anymore. And he waved goodbye. We, we turned around and we went right through the door. It was like through the door and we went back up this winding staircase. At the top of the staircase, we come out the door. And when I walk outside the door in this experience, I'm handing in the driveway of my new, my now home. I'm standing outside in the driveway and I'm looking at my house now. So I have a child I'm holding by the hand. He's my son. We're standing at this house and I said, this is your home now. Your home now. And he looked at the house and he was asking, would you like to go inside? You know, let's look around. And I showed him my son's room. I showed him my room where I hang out. All of my instruments, all of my, you know, my guitar, my drums, all the stuff. I, I toured him around the house until the child was no longer in my hands anymore. He had walked inside of me. It was, it was like there was just this integration. I had lost my ability to be because I lost the ability to imagine, have that, that imagination like a child that was not there. So my ability to play, my ability to enjoy my ability to lead, because it takes an imagination to lead. 
all of those things, my creative ability for creating processes and sequences and being able to just be who I am fully was not in place until I was willing to go and grab that child by the hand. And the child was willing to be present with me now. And when that integration happened, it almost felt like I didn't even feel like a, I felt like a different person. Like I, I felt immediately this deep breath happen. And from there, I realized how internal this work really is. It's deep, it, it, you know, like traumatic experiences like that. They don't, they're not just, they're not just, they're not just events. They, they form belief systems over the course of, over the course of years. But if you don't deal with them properly, if they're not dealt with, with a strategic tactical plan, they can create a mess. Like I was angry all my life. Like yelling and screaming and getting mad at people for, for, the, for the silliest things. And then all of a sudden it's like, for what? It's okay. Once I realized there was just a hurt child in there, it never got an opportunity to express. Then I knew, that, what, I knew what that was all about. That's, um, I, I don't have any other word really to describe it other than crazy. But the other thing is like, like but like I totally believe it. Like, it's like unbelievable <laughs> and believable at the same time. And right. like, I'm, I'm watching that like a movie, like I'm hearing you describe it like a movie. And I think so many of like, it's hard for me to say like all of us or many of us, because I, I can't speak for the masses. I don't have any idea, but I can say for me, there's so many things that I've struggled with in my adult life that I know go back to childhood. Oh, and yeah. I think that if I, and I, and I've done this. And so that's why I think I can, it's believable to me what you're yes. saying. And maybe I can suggest that people listening if they've connected with this at all they do the same but I think if you can go back in your mind to that point in your life when you were that young child and whatever was happening was happening and you can and you can you know give that kid a hug <laughs> you know if you can yeah. if you can be yeah. there for that kid like it is life-changing like in it and it's yeah. it doesn't have to be just you know um like a, a super traumatic experience it could be anything I think and um right and I think so many things that we struggle with in our adult life, I mean, there's, there's a reason for it. Right. And, and if we can go back and we can, right. and we can, and we can spend some right. time, we can get quiet, we can go within and we can do these things to like do the work, man, you can come out the other side and it's beautiful. Cause I mean, look at you now, yeah. like, like what you're, what you're saying now is like powerful stuff and you're going to help a lot of people. Yeah. Like I'm just Absolutely. really, really proud of you. And I'm really grateful that you shared that. That's like, um, that's impressive. And thank you. Yeah, man. Wow. So yeah, I don't know where we go from here, but <laughs> that would... yeah, it's 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 going within help me understand how time actually works. It sort of broke down some dogmatic uh, concepts that I had with how it relates to how we make time this linear thing, right? So we were taught those timelines build them from start to a finish. but in eastern cultures time doesn't work that way it's cyclical and it's it's spiraling patterns which is why it was interesting during that uh, con that that that, uh, that experience is that the staircase if you looked at it from top it just looked like the circle right it looks like you know just kind of spiral down right but when you look at it from the side you see this orbital orbital effect and it's like a springboard. It's like a spring, right? So it just kind of goes down and spirals down. And the way time works is that it sort of loops. 
it's the word, there's a word in Hebrew, it's called Laila. And it's a loop of time. It's, it's, it's a time that loops through midnight back into day, right? So that's how time actually works. You have evening and mornings. And how they happen is how we determine time, how we determine days, the movement of the celestial bodies. So it sort of helped me get a perspective like, wait a minute, that experience was always there. I just hadn't come to a space where I was willing to go into it because there actually is nothing. I always tell people, as the creation is a closed box, it's a closed loop. Nothing else new is being created anymore. Creation is already done. Everything that needs to be here is already here. Quantum science has already, has already concluded this in, in a lot of ways in laboratory tests and just in, 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 in a lot of other testings is that everything that we ever need, everything that we will ever experience already exists. So the healing, the integration was always there. I just wasn't at a space where I was willing and ready to participate into it. Once I got to a place where I can go back and forth if you want to put that. Uh, because in, in the, the quantum theory of things, there is no here or there. Everything just is. And once you start to break down, like, wait, I can, I can reach into any space, any traumatic experience that I want to and extract something out of it and even pull myself out of that space, I'm willing to look at the world, sort of unbox the world as I used to know it. It used to be within this belief system, this dogma. And now it's like, well, past and present are of the same source. Dark and light are of the same source. And they're all needed for us to have true experience. Otherwise, it's just existence. And the issue on the table, <laughs> the issue on the table is existence versus living. If you go back to the Bible, the Bible, and I've studied Hebrew and things of that nature, you have this word in the Bible, which means to exist. It's the term where most people come up with the word Jehovah or Yehovah or Yahweh or Yahuwah, or however you want to pronounce it, right? But the word literally means to exist. There is no activity happening. So that's why you always see that name attached to something else. It's Jehovah Shalom. Now it's given purpose. It's the existence of peace or God who exists peace. You have Jehovah Rapha. The word Rapha means to heal. Jehovah, God that heals, right? So you have these words, but the, the existence is just the starting point. Without an adjective, without a, a verb attached, this thing has no purpose at all. So what I, what I discovered was that to exist is one thing, but to live, then you have certain segments of scripture where you'll say, we will hear people say, as surely as Jehovah lives, right? Now you have this term where when you have living, the word living in Hebrew is, is chaim. It literally means to digest. It's the word for the stomach. It's the digesting. So now you have a churning of activity. So you have existence and then you have activity and that's being. So without this purpose, without the, these events in our lives, there is nothing to experience. And without these experiences, there's nothing to learn. So like we need, some of us need these experiences as traumatic as they feel, as traumatic as they are. We need them because it brings existence into living. And that's the way I think of it. It's like, okay, I am, I am experiencing this because that which exists needs a reason to be. And it creates this reality. So how are you, how are you getting this out? 
how are you getting this content, this information out? Because this is super interesting. A lot of it goes right over my head, but I think that like I'm drawn to it and I'm drawn to you. And so like, what are you doing? Like, where's your podcast? Where's your uh, video series? Like, where, what's your coaching stuff look like? Like, tell me the stuff, right? There's people yeah. out there that are like, okay, I need to hear more of this guy. How do I do that? <laughs> Well, that, that's, that's the thing. I've, I've been encouraged by my, by my coach to get on more podcasts. He said, dude, you need to get, you need to get where people are because you have, you have the stuff, dude. You've got, exact, you've got exactly what people need. They just need to know that you're here. And uh, for a long time, I, was, I wasn't posting anything. And it, you know, I just kind of let my social media platforms go wherever. And, uh, and I think the practical thing for me was putting it into practice here in the home because I had it all conceptual and I had some of the experiences, but I was the only one. And I, I had a hard time like communicating it. And I think that there was the fear of, of getting it right. You know, of the fear of, oh, what if I say this wrong? But I'm like, wait a minute. I mean, Tony Robbins says things that I don't agree with. I mean, you know, Les Brown say, says things I don't agree with. It doesn't make him any more or less influential to helping right. someone come out of the hole there. So I, I started doing more posts, more uh, Instagram posts. You can, uh, like I'm on Instagram, Coach Nathaniel 2020, or This Functional Wellness on Instagram. Uh, uh, and I, I post at least, I try to do about three times a week um, because I was told that, you know, I started learning about algorithms and stuff like that. And I, I post on all my platforms, on LinkedIn, on Instagram, and on Facebook. So I'm just Nathaniel J. Brown on Facebook. You can just find me. Uh, I'm the only guy that looks like this, the dreads and everything <laughs> like that. And, what are you uh, talking about? We're like I, I twins. Post, and I engage people. I know. <laughs> you know. So I engage people with this sort of uh, uh, stuff. And, and it's not to get likes or responses. It's more to let, get the light bulb going off a little bit. So I, um, I joined a company. I partnered with a company called SRT Global, where I uh, learned a, techni a, te a technique called the subconscious release technique. And basically, it gives, gives me the ability to kind of hear and detect loop patterns in the subconscious mind and find what emotional attachments are there that create those, those programs that create those blocks. And they are all energetically. So it's an energy healing modality. So I studied that well and became a coach in that company as well. So really, like I've got some tools, but now it's like, I need to tell people more. Now, now it's like embracing my story, coming to your podcast. I was on another podcast yesterday uh, talking to some other young entrepreneurs, uh, doing webinars. I actually got a presentation I'm going to do probably in another week or so. I, I should just do it this weekend just for the hell of it. Uh, but it's, it's an hour-long presentation talking about mindset, how COVID-19 works, how, how the virus works in your system, how your reticular activating system can, can actually accelerate the, uh, the, the virus in the yeah, body. I believe that. And what we can do as, as, yeah, as a community to come together and do things differently, how we can reset. I've uh, taken the time in my family to reset, to actually lead. Like I wanna tell everybody else how to lead, how to serve my family. So I started incorporating conversations once a week where we sit down for an hour and a half or two hours and we talk about the things that were between us that we never dealt with. We start uncovering that messy stuff, right? About conversation with my wife, they're, they're, those have been the hardest because I am very intellectual, don't move into that emotional space so quickly because I don't, I don't want to be moved by my emotions very quickly. I want to intelligently allow my emotions filter in and filter the environment I'm in. So I'm not so emotional that I'm not you know, cognizant. But going into that space and working through some of the issues that we never got worked out because it's just been 
getting this done, getting this done. And everything has been so task related that we've been missing one another for the last, I don't know, six, seven years. So now we've, you know, it gives me an opportunity to reset. So most of my coaching now has been right here in the home. I mean, the other day, sat down with my 18 year old son and, and, and he had some, some questions about leadership. And I said, okay, here's my principal. I mapped out some things for him. And he was able to have a, a meeting with his family about how he wants to lead the farm and how he wants to lead the growing process and things of that nature. And it's like, you know, it's always there. I'm always looking to help someone. Uh, having a conversation with someone in a grocery store. I'm, I'm just doing it. But as far as promoting, I'm not a promoter. So it's getting on platforms like yours, Chuck, and getting on platforms like the one I was on yesterday and last month and uh, a couple of leadership calls that I was on. Stuff like that to get people to know who I am. They can see what I'm about and be the judge. I'm not judging myself to say, I'm this guy, but here's the fruit that I have to offer. And you can tell me whether it's tasteful or not. Hmm. That's nice. Who do you, uh, I'm guessing, I mean, a lot of people can connect with you and can connect with your message. And I think it probably, you know, spans across all ages, genders, demographics. I mean, everybody can connect with this just if your mind is open to it. But do you have in your mind like a, like a, a picture of who your, who your client is, like who somebody is that um, is like best suited to work with you? Like maybe not like what they look like as a human being, right. but like maybe where right. they're at in their life. Right. I think anybody with the perspective I can work with. And the reason why I say that is because I coach around perspective. I, I don't care what your business is. I don't care what your like. I'm not saying I don't care as in I'm pathetic. It doesn't matter what your business is, what your life story looks like. You, you have formed a perspective around that life story. And let's say you have a glass sitting next to you, right? I want you to hold that glass up to the camera real quick. Now, most people would look at this glass and let's say it was half full. And and most of the times when you look at a glass, first thing that comes to mind is two, it's it's only two perspectives, right? It's either what what or what, go ahead and tell me what those are. The two perspectives, it's either, you you know, mostly full or mostly empty. Right. So half full, half empty. Yeah. And, and which one of those would you say, they're right. Which one of those perspectives would you say is the more positive versus negative? The more positive would be, you know, there's, it's half full, right? Okay. Okay. So the, 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 the reason why I coach around perspective is that if, if everybody saw that the same way, Earl Nightingale says the key to mediocrity is doing everything, doing the same thing everybody else is doing, right? So that ensures mediocrity. That's how you, you ensure that you are programmed to be in a certain culture, to act a certain way, and to get a certain result. And you'll get the same result, the mediocre result, because you've only seen it th- those two ways. We've been taught to see the glass half full, empty. But the problem with that, I'm not going to say the problem, the issue on the table is either way it goes, in order to get it full if positive is full in order to get it full or or for it to not be half empty anymore you've still got to add something to it so you're still lacking mm-hmm. so there's still lack on the table the way you look at it your perspective is based on what's not there yeah nobody takes the time to just see the glass the truth is always connected to the definite article the the glass half full, the glass is half empty. 
whether it's full or empty is a matter of your perspective. The truth is the glass. How you experience the glass is on your own, it's on you, right? So what I teach people to do is to see the glass. Because if you only see the glass, then if you put dirt in it and put a seed in it, now you've got a potted plant. If I took and I, if I took all the dirt out of it, put water in it, put some flowers in it, now you got a vase. If I turn it on its side upside down with the mouth of it and it begins a piece of paper, now I have a protractor. If I put it on its side and took a picture of it, I have art. So now the glass becomes the, 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 the variable. It becomes this creative source that you can create anything you want out of if you'll just take the dogma out of the picture. If you take what you learn and be willing to set it aside for a season to experience something new. And that's what I call perspective coaching. That's some cool stuff right there. <laughs> I like that. I'm like, all right, I'm going to look at that a whole lot differently now. And I'm typically a pretty optimistic person. <laughs> Pretty, uh, pretty, pretty positive most of the time. Um, now, now I don't. Now I just see. <laughs> now I see like I see art. I'm gonna put a little sunflower in here later. I've got all sorts of things I'm gonna do with that glass. Yeah, yeah. Just play uh, with the glass. Yeah. So what's um, like, what's next for you? Like maybe not what's next, but like what are you what are you working on right now that you're excited about? Right now, I'm excited about. I'm working through my leadership pillars. Um, uh, sort of creating a, a presentation for that. Um, I'll be on a Nicole Jansen, her podcast in June. She has a, trend, a leader, leaders, leader, leadership transformation podcast. Um, I met her on a, on a, on a call, um, on a leadership call back in like a couple months ago, about a month ago, um, a guy named David Cohen, I, uh, the David group out in Canada, met him on Facebook and he wanted me to be a part of his uh, page. And he has a page called uh, the Peace and Prosperity Project, um, and it's really, really good uh, in, environment he's built here. And uh, I've been on his podcast, so it's, it's about it's about okay, what do I have, and how can I form this into a way where it's palatable for other people? So right now, I'm I'm looking at uh, talking to my family. You know, really, it's been it's been resetting with the family. It's really been getting that glue uh, between us right, getting those concerns on the table on the table, and be able to address those things so we can move forward. Um, we live on. Uh, several acres here, about, about maybe 30 acres, 28 acres here out in Nightdale. And we have some farming land here. We're just going to develop this land. So we're going to do some sustainable farming. Uh, we got some hemp uh, product growing here as well. So we're going to do product, product, production of products. Um, it's, it's, it's looking really cool right now. And the next chapter is, is getting on a platform where I can help more people. The more people I can uh, inspire the better it's and now it's about solidifying. I was talking to my wife this morning. We spent some time together and I was saying, you know, we have this hub, the hub is service. So now how do I, how do I, how do we all orbit around that? And we empower one another to, to be leaders in that space. You know, my, my definition of leadership is a person who is willing to empower others and, and have them not feel powerless while not receiving a reward, not having the need to be rewarded for it. And that is where I am with, with, with where I'm going with my life. It's about the next chapter is no longer just Nathaniel. Now it's, it's other centered. I love it. And so great definition of leadership. What's, what's your definition of success? Success is what you make it. <laughs> success is based on perspective. That's absolutely um, right. Uh, opening a door for myself may not be successful, but to someone who was a paraplegic, they couldn't do it. Opening a door is very successful. So what's so yours? Success is the, 
my my definition of success is overcoming places where I, where I have been overcome. So any space, whether it's financially, whether it's mentally, whether it's emotionally, whether it's relationally, those spaces where I have been the most overcome that I can now lead people out of is success because I had to come through those spaces. So anything that I've been able to look at and say, that's no longer enslaving me is a place of success. Nice. Nice. I like that. Um, okay. So let's do one more reminder here. Cause I want to make sure people yep. got the goods of where they can connect with you and um, what's the best way to reach out with you or yep. if they, uh, you know, if they want to talk about this or someone out there is listening, has got their own podcast and they want to um, yep. talk to you about being a guest or whatever it is. Like how do people get in touch with you? Well, you can get in touch with me again on uh, Facebook. Um, uh, I, I'm, I'm on Facebook. The, the easiest way to get in touch with me is actually Instagram. I, I use Instagram quite a bit. Um, I am at Coach Nathaniel 2020 on Instagram. Um, you can also reach me out, reach out to me on Instagram at Dysfunctional Wellness um, at, uh, on Instagram as well. Um, follow me. I'm always there uh, on LinkedIn. You can actually type in, let's see, I'll um, biggie size this because I actually have a, a thing. So on LinkedIn, you can go to LinkedIn.com, uh, raise hyphen, hyphen heal and change is the easiest way to sort of look that up. So you go to LinkedIn.com slash in slash raise hyphen shift hyphen heal hyphen change. And that's an easy way to get in contact with me. Um, Facebook, if you just type in Nathaniel J. Brown, uh, you'll be able to check me, uh, see me on, on Facebook as well. Uh, but my, most of my activity is, you know, on, um, on Instagram because it's just the easiest place for me to, to meet as many people. Um, uh, I do a lot of B2B contact on, on LinkedIn as well, just because I, I like the platform. It's more business oriented, but, uh, I do a lot of posting on mo mostly Instagram and Facebook right now. Yeah. Okay. And, um, the, the webinar you said that you were working on earlier, is that going to be uh, part of your coaching program? Is that going to be free to the public or what's that look like? It's going to be, it's actually going to be free. I'm actually just going to, just going to add some value to people. It'll probably, I probably will do a lot of Facebook live and just make, do the presentation, nice. honestly, because I think it'll be, I think it'll be beneficial to everybody to, to, to do this. So I haven't set a date on it. I, I want to say I'd like to do it on Saturday, uh, sometimes Saturday afternoon, just to have it out there. I haven't set a date on it yet. It's basically the name of the name of the, the, the presentation is a mindset shift during difficult times. Wow. And I'm just talking about creativity, innovation, research, planning, uh, ideas, how to create something different. Uh, and, and creation actually isn't creating something new. Creation literally means to borrow from what's unseen. So creation starts in the unseen world. The word in, in the ancient in the ancient language, the word is bara. And it means to means to take that as un, that which is unseen and make it tangible. So how do you do that and navigate through this you know this COVID nineteen scenario that we're in that we're experiencing and sort of be you know be able to come out of this um, uh, up refreshed yes. and anew and being able to really influence one another and be be able to serve again. I'm back to that service. Be able to how do I serve best after this uh, pandemic is over with? Yeah. I agree. I think that there's going to be, um, there can be a lot of opportunity that comes out of this. There can be a lot of creativity that comes out of this. There can be a lot of just returning to a, uh, 
a, a different way of life. Um, yeah, you know, yeah. for me, that's slowing down a little bit. It's spending more time in really what matters. But for everybody else, I think there's some good that can come out of this. I hope this thing gets published and produced and out there before you launch your, your okay. webinar. But if not, and people are listening to this now and the webinar is already aired, hopefully there's a replay available. Hopefully there's a way for people to connect to that if, yeah, uh, yeah, if we, yeah. Uh, yeah, if we don't will. time this right. Okay. Good. Yeah, so my, um, my final question, my friend, is um, the title of my podcast is Build It Better. It is a professional, personal and professional development podcast. You know, I launched this thing, um, helping myself navigate through some tough times, navigate through midlife, navigate through a lot of loss, uh, loss of a uh, business. Um, my best friend of almost 40 years, uh, I lost my dog and just um, all this stuff, man. And so I, uh, I, I launched a, a podcast for me to tap into more people like you, get some free mentorship, to be honest with you, yeah. but also yeah. to share it with um, some other people that might be looking for something of the same. But it's about getting better. It's about building better lives, right? And mm -hmm. my question to you after that long setup is what area of your life or where are you consciously trying to build it better right now? What are you working on improving and uh, what's important to you in these, you know, this current state? Right now, my build it better is right here in the home, man. Um, I've realized over the course of time with all of my ambitions, how much I've neglected the nurturing of what was needed here. I've been so, especially after, after the birth of my son, um, I was so um, like driven to go and get that I didn't give here. Um, and not until this reset was forced upon us did I, I, I saw it and I tried it a year ago, but I didn't quit. I, I came back to the, to the drawing board. I got my whiteboard out, started writing down concepts. And now it's, it's about leading my family. So it's, you know, my leadership pillars are four, serve, inspire, include, develop. And I call it the SID principle. You serve, how, how am I serving? Who, who am, how am I showing up to my family? How do I inspire them? The word inspire, which, which means to put the breath back in. It's, it's, a, it's a Greek term or enthusiasm, in theos. It means to put the breath or the God within, right? So it's, it's, to, it's to bring that, that aspect of who we are out, that God that is all of us out. Um, inclusion, the power of bringing everybody to the table and then have them speak into what the matters are, right? That's inclusion, being able to have everybody have a voice. And development, how do I coach? How do I, how do I develop myself? And how do I help other people move into that level of development that they feel empowered to do service and inspire and include and develop? And I create the cycle all over again. So it's about here in the home, man. Mm -hmm. it's, it's about looking my son in the face and letting him know, hey, man, I know you're 18 years old right now and uh, we're a family. I failed you. I'm sorry. Be able to look him in the face and say, you know, I, I messed that up totally. I had an expectation of things and I didn't, I didn't meet certain expectations you had on me and I didn't even meet expectations I had on myself. So how, do, how can I help now? Looking my daughter in the face, you know what? This is what I thought and I'm sorry. I, I, I messed that up. Looking at my wife and said, you know what? I haven't been showing up for you. I haven't been emotionally I haven't because I've been so driven to do this, that, and other that I just have not been here. So having those hard conversations here, being a CEO at home, it's everything, dude. I love that. And um, I've got a good friend of mine who uh, was on an uh, earlier episode, previous episode, Mr. Doug Stewart, who uh, when I asked him his parenting philosophy, he said, I'm going to do the best I can. And when I screw it up, I'm going to apologize. Yeah, that's it. Man. That's all you, you know, can do. That's it. 
Well, my friend, I really appreciate you being on here. I mean, I love you like a brother. This has been fantastic. Yeah, yeah, You've really opened my mind Absolutely. to a lot of things. I think a lot of people are going to get some great value from this. I can't wait to see how they jump in and, and really uh, gobble up your content online and get involved with some of the things you got going on. So from, uh, you know, from my heart to yours, just thank you so much for being here. And um, I really enjoyed it. So uh, I can't wait to get this out into the world and, uh, and hopefully um, inspire, serve, develop. I missed one. Yeah, serve, inspire, include, develop. Oh yeah. oh, yeah. I love all those too. So let's hopefully we do that right here. Um, but I yeah. appreciate you. And so thanks so much for being on the Build a Better podcast. Absolutely, man. Thanks for having me. Looking forward to it. Looking forward to it next time. Yeah, man. Absolutely. All right. Cool. Thanks, man. Yeah. Uh-huh. All right. Um, yeah. So that got a little weird, but I'll tell you what, I like weird and I thought that was freaking awesome. And I love his perspective. I love talking with Nathaniel and it got me thinking about a number of questions. And in my recap or my summary of our conversation for you, I think I just have questions for you. And I wonder if you can take them seriously. Oh, there's the first question. Next ones. Is there a place in your life where you need to pivot? Is there a shift you need to make? Keeping the main thing the main thing, but shifting directions if things are stuck or broken or just not fully serving you on your mission, what could you change? Where do you need to do some deep work right now? What's unhealed? Do you need a shift in perspective right now? What do you have to offer the world that you're not currently offering? Where is the silver lining for you right here, right now? How can you create some good in the world right now with what you have and where you're at? Hmm, I'd love to hear your answers. And if if you do this little experiment, experience, tag me in your answers, comment in the comments, post them on Facebook, on IG, on YouTube, wherever you're listening to this right now, leave your comments. I'd love to hear them. Engage with me. Let's go. And here's what I ask. If you like this content, please subscribe. If you're enjoying the podcast, rate it, review it. I'd love that. And you can also find us on YouTube on my personal channel at Chuck Belden. You're going to find this everywhere podcasts are listened to. Clearly you're listening right now, but like it if you like it, (laughs) rate it if you will, and subscribe. And until next time, let's all go out there and work to inspire, serve, and connect others. And don't settle wherever you're at right now. You can still build it better. See you, friends.